Hi, I'm Romy and I play guitar and I write the songs in RBG. All right, welcome to the next episode of Introducing. How you going? Thank you to uh, the many people from around the world who actually got in touch with me to say thanks for chatting to Milky Chance. And I know it's silly of me because they've been massive since 2013, but I had no idea how big they were. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. If you haven't heard it yet, you're allowed to just jump back and listen to Milky Chance if you want. But I'm pumped to introduce you to Romy Vega from one of Melbourne's coolest new bands, RVG. Can you really say they're a new band with album number three? Because it's out now. Brainworms. You might have heard Nothing Really Changes. This incredibly unique sound, but it's also kind of magnificently simple. And we do talk about that because I never want to say simple as an insult. Simple sometimes is incredibly... It's an incredible compliment. And I think RVG's music has just always had that little place to me. Like the, the first time I heard the song from Feral... I used to love you, but now I don't, and I don't know why. Over a cracking guitar, doesn't get much better than that. Romy is pumped to play Splendor in the Grass this year. She hopes to maybe run into Lizzo and they can do a song together. Um, and she'll also talk to us about the Melbourne music scene, especially after COVID, and also the little bit of music memorabilia she has from an Iggy Pop concert from Festival Hall many years ago. Uh, I think you're going to love this. If you haven't checked out RVG yet, do it. Go do it. Even go back to the second album, Feral. That's my favourite. And this new album is really something else. Sit back and enjoy my chat with Romy Vega from RVG. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. I've been a fan for a long time, and I, but I'm obviously not a super fan because I've only just worked out what RVG stands for. <laughs> <laughs> really very good. Yeah, really very good. <laughs> this is the Romy Vega Group. Yeah. And how do Ruben, Mark, and Isabel feel about that? <laughs> or do they not know um, what it stands for either? <laughs> they know where their place is. <laughs> um, no, it feels good. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was always kind of, it's always been kind of... I think it initially was Romy Vega Group, but then we changed it to RVG to to make it a bit more vague. And, <laughs> yeah, no, I and like it. Get a lot of questions about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, well, congratulations on Brainworms, the the new album which came out last week, and I've been loving it. Sick. Oh, thanks. Um, how, how does it feel to have it out there? It's obviously was the two years leading up to it since your last album. There was a lot of stuff that went on in the world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it feels it feels great. Like the one thing about this record is just everything's just come really organically and naturally. Like we recorded it. It was easy to kind of figure out how to put it out. And then mm-hmm. everything from like making the video clips was smooth and now it's out. Nobody super hates it, so so I feel like it's been a real smooth run. So. Well, not if people super hate anything, they don't know. Not they only say it on Twitter. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I read Twitter. <laughs> well, I mean, the, a double J called it one of uh, one of your fine, finest moments yet. Do you feel? How do you feel about comments like that? Do they put pressure on you, or is that just the boost you need? No, I, I, I feel the same way. Like I feel like. I've never been as confident as I have about this record. Like I feel like, and I've just kind of, I'm just kind of living in it. I feel, I feel confident to the point of arrogance about this record at the moment. I, I <laughs> you do have a bit of a swag about you. I can, yeah. I can tell that. I just feel good. I just, I don't know. I just feel like we just did our best work, and, and there's, there's not much more to it. <laughs> yeah, I, the first song that really stuck out um, for me of, of your work was "I Used to Love You." That was um, from the last album. Yeah, and. I'm responsible for a huge chunk of those streams. I can tell you that. Oh, cheers. But I, I don't know how to, because I'm very bad. It's a, obviously a bad job for me to have. I'm very bad at describing things, but I love how beautifully simple 
um, that track is, and and a lot of the songs. But then the more you listen to it, the more I, I'm 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 getting from it. Yeah, I just I like simplicity. I like simple stuff because you can really, you know, you have a structure of how you do something. Like you put a couple of a few words together as some chords, and then you sort of can build upon it in really interesting ways. And mm. that the sort of the energy comes from like the environment and. And, you know, just doing it a lot. And, yeah. like, some of our songs have just kind of grown into monsters because of it. Like, it's <laughs> it's it's definitely, it's how I like it. It's complicated simplicity. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Because I didn't want to ever say to you, I, I think your songs are simple because that's not that's not it at all. But it, it, they, there is a refreshingness to how simple they sound sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Good. I'm, I'm, I promise it's all a compliment. I'm just no, trying to no, work out no. how to say it. Um, same with Nothing Really Changes. That was the first song I heard from the new album as well. And to me, that just that just exploded for me. I love that track. Oh, excellent! Thank you. Um, tell us about the the writing of Brainworms, though, and and where you're at. Because I mean, I, I know you did say in an interview that you didn't want to write a COVID song or a COVID album. I think that yeah, was COVID maybe album, what you said. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I think we we definitely had a couple of little bits and pieces. Like, yes. Obviously, something like Tambourine is quite yes. COVIDy. Um, but the I just- Google Chrome reference is great in that song. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that might be the only song I've ever heard with Google Chrome in it. I feel like I'm one of the few people who can get away with that for some reason. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just like the idea when we were, when I was writing the songs, like some of them were written just before COVID, some were written like during COVID. It was just like the mentality was like, when all this goes back to normal, I don't want to be walking around with 10 songs that are like- Oh, I wish I was yeah. outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially so, when you're playing to a festival of, you know, 20,000 people. You're like, yeah. <laughs> so, it's like trying to find, like, broader stuff. And that's how a lot of the songs sort of ended up being about broader things. It's because, yeah. like, just trying to reflect on other things going on so you're not stuck inside yourself. Yeah. Unless when you have to be stuck inside yourself. Yeah. Because you're a, you're a Melbourne uh, band. Obviously, Melbourne yes. had it a lot tougher than, well, most of the world, really. So, yeah. it must have been hard for you not to write a COVID album. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, the how, thing many, I- how many COVID songs are in the bin? <laughs> uh, a few. Yeah, yeah. A few, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, with this band and, and the same with this record as well. It's like, you do. I just don't work on a song unless they have a good idea, really. It's like songs just come very... Uh, sporadically yeah like you know sometimes i'll write a song and once a month or something because it's like there's unless something's a good idea and i feel kind of like it's framed in a nice way then yeah i'm I'm not going to bother wasting everybody's time with my shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you recorded this album in london uh yes well, how did that come about? Or did you just want to get the hell out yeah, of Australia? Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can say uh, that. After like, <laughs> after like the fifth or sixth lockdown in Melbourne, <laughs> we were like very much like we were talking. We had we had a few songs together. We were like talking about like making the album. Yeah. And the the big thing for me was always like if we we had a we had a grant. We had like a bunch of we played a few gigs that had allowed us to be able to decide. If we do, if we wanted to record overseas, and I was, I was kind of like, well, yeah, I just, I just, there'd be nothing worse than doing these songs stuck in Melbourne. Like, I just, I thought they could just be really nice, and if we didn't do a very good job, then it was just a glorified holiday, really. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah that's right. If it didn't work out, at least we got a nice trip to London. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it really was. I made the most of my trip. Like, oh yeah, we were recording like you know ten till eight, but like. Oh, hang on. That's that's pretty. Re- that's pretty reasonable, isn't it? Uh, Ten to eight. Yeah. I mean, it's a big day, but it's it's pretty reasonable. But at the same time, like I was waking up at like five a.m. and going for 
insane walks around London. Just yeah. nothing open. And the only thing you can kind of go to before 10 a.m. is like cemeteries. So I was doing <laughs> most of that. But it was just like, just, yeah, treating it like just having like a good time, really, and trying to absorb all that energy. Yeah. You know? There's a lot of musical history over there, so it's pretty. It's pretty nice place to do it. Yeah, I remember I was, I was staying in Soho once, and there was like this line, like with people always like just taking photos outside this building. And literally, <laughs> the building next to the hotel is where David Bowie recorded Ziggy Stardust. Oh, really? And I didn't know that until the end. <laughs> oh, like, that's, oh, that's awesome. a shame. Yeah, it was very cool. But I'm like, why is everyone standing around here? Yeah, the, lo- <laughs> the last time I was in London, I was like just walking down the street, and I saw these people standing like just looking at a clock on the street and I was like, oh, this has got to be good. And then the, the clock like struck 12 and then like these little guys came out of the clock and like did a little kind of rotation, like oh, a little cool. dance. And I was like, that was that was worth sitting here for an extra five minutes. At first I, th- I thought you were going to talk about Big Ben, but no, at least there's something different. Um, what's the story with the Kate Bush guitar? Okay, so uh, Snap Studios where we recorded in London, yeah. like a beautiful like studio at Finsbury Park. Bas- oh, nice. Basically, uh, Kate Bush remixed like one of her songs for some event or something like years ago, like I don't know, twenty years ago or something. And she just ended up selling like a whole bunch of her old equipment to the studio. And there was like a beautiful Rhodes keyboard that was unfortunately broken, so it would have also ended up on the record. But <laughs> there was an acoustic guitar that just like apparently the story was, and this it gets a bit. You know, I know for sure it's, it was Kate Bush's guitar, okay, but the, the studio people told me that um, she got it off Tears for Fears, who got it off Ice House. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah, I'll just, I'm happy with it, just the Kate Bush connection. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like it, just, it was a beautiful guitar, and I just used every opportunity to end it, like put it on the record as much as I could because it was just like, you know, a special. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When did you get your first guitar? My first guitar, mm. uh, Cash Converters. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. How old were you? Oh, God, I reckon I was about 15, maybe. Okay. Uh, maybe 14, like 50 bucks at Cash Converters. Perfect. That's the worst, worst guitar. <laughs> like, I, I just, the the buzz was louder than the, the sound of the guitar. I opened it up and it was just held together with, like, with, yeah, blue tack. <laughs> Did you write a song on it, or was it not or not worthy oh, of that? I, I didn't write a song for many years. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask. What what came first, the songwriting or the guitar playing? Um, I've been playing guitar for a long, like yeah. since then, and it took me. It it's only taken me this band to really write complete songs. It's yeah. definitely like trying and never actually doing anything and completing anything, and then it, it it definitely helps working with like the people in the band as well. Like it just kind of like. You know, I just managed to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And then they were also knew how to kind of structure, structure things, like make things sound not crazy. Yeah. And yeah, it's just really this band that I kind of figured it out. But oh, that's been, good. But I mean, I've been writing half songs for like <laughs> yeah, most right. of my life. <laughs> Wandering around recording voice memos. Yeah, or, little bits. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's fun. Yeah. So what were you doing? Because um, well, 2017 was your debut. Yes. Uh, it was recorded at the Tote, wasn't it? Yep. What's the story? Can I just ask quickly, as a non-Melbourne, you know, I did live there for a long time. Has it been saved or has it not been saved? Because all I, I feel like every six months I'd see <laughs> Save the Tote campaigns. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea right now. I, I, what I, the status I, of the tote is, if anyone can find that out. It's vague. It's <laughs> yeah, vague right. at the moment. I feel, I feel like there was... Yeah, I really don't know. Um, there's still a for sale sign out the front of it. So, well, there you go. Okay. Um, 
someone buy it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did that place hold a, a special um, place for you guys or it was just what was available when you wanted to record an album? Uh, a bit of both, actually. Like, I, I always wanted to play at the Tote. Yeah. Like, I never ended up getting a gig there in, like, my earlier bands, my, my attempts at music. And then Gus, who used to be in the band, works at the Tote and mm. just had access to the, the floor, like, on the days when it wasn't open. So we just got a bunch of mics and... And recorded in there, and then we re- released our album there. We played some great shows there back in like 2016, 2017. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it holds a special place in my heart. I hope that someone figures out it. what to do with it. Like, well, surely a bunch of all the Mel- Melbourne musicians you could pass a hat around and, and try. Well, that's what we've <laughs> I'm not been, putting pressure on that's you. What, that's what they've been doing, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. there's been a lot of money raised. But well, like, here we go. They've crowd- crowdfunded three million dollars. Yes. Then the owners said that the venue remains for sale until an agreement can be reached. So that's where we're at. <sighs> Snakes. <laughs> so, uh, so not safe? Okay, good. <laughs> um, was that a moment when that album came out? How did you guys feel? Did you feel that this was the real deal yet or did you still feel that you were finding your feet? I was definitely finding my feet. Like, I, like we made an album and I'd never made a full album before. Like, so it was a big event. Yeah. And we pieced it together. Like, uh, Gus produced it and kind of made everything work. Like, it's his kind of skills that kind of put it together. Uh I definitely felt like at the time, like, I, you know, I'd like, I can't wait to do this in the studio, but um, we didn't expect that it would be a big deal. It kind of, that record ended up being released like three times. Like, right. We went, we, we went like overseas because of that record. We, we got all these great opportunities. Like, I'm here speaking to you because of that record. <laughs> yeah. And it was like recorded for like a hundred bucks. Like, oh, that's at, pretty amazing. At, at the most. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, I think we spent, Money just getting someone to master it. I think yeah. it's, it's probably a bit more than master it actually, but um, we did not. It was never the thought that this was gonna it, be a big deal. Yes. <laughs> but that's, I guess, how the best things happen. You know, you'd, you'd never want to go, this is going to be the biggest album of all time. Yeah. And then hit record and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like, you know, it's, it's, it's always a shock. <laughs> yes. It's always a fucking shock to like be. <laughs> be in this like a studio like this just be like oh hey yeah, well, it's <laughs> don't, good. don't quite know why i'm here but <laughs> oh there's plenty of reasons <laughs> um and then well then then with with as i mentioned at the start of the chat feral uh this is when i first really discovered you guys um what what was that kind of two years or three well, actually no 2017 was the the release of the first album so there was a, a few years two or three years before the the second album was there did you really have a much clearer idea of what was going on now Oh, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We we kind of had a collection of songs for Feral. Yeah. Um, and we recorded the album initially at first time. Uh, did not go well. Mm. We initially tried to do what we did with this record, play to a click, and have like a whole bunch of synths and stuff over the top of it. And it just, we weren't the right band re- yet for that. So kind of we met, we found Victor and he kind of, he managed to kind of take that focus and put it to like a live kind of feel to it mm. and make it like a kind of very rocky record, which was amazing, which which saved us, you know, really. Because like I, I think that we, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't, we would not know what to have done. But, but there was always a mentality of like doing something bigger as well and, and kind of experimenting more, I suppose, with yeah. this record. Yeah. Um, you said in an interview, I think with Double J, um, you almost gave up on being in a band. I always tried really hard yeah. to play music, and then I was kind of like, 
I was like, ah, oh, I don't know. And then suddenly, I sort of got tricked into doing this. What were you bag. doing beforehand? Like, how are you making a living? Or just- oh, this is you know working odd jobs and yeah. And I went back to uni for a bit. Yeah. And then I just got distracted by this again. You You're know? a cash converter selling guitars. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe I could do that. No, I was just, just kind of doing shitty jobs and yeah. And it, it just kind of like yeah, just trying to I just trying to be a lawyer for a bit. I just, I just oh wow! I mean, I tried to like. <laughs> to do a Bachelor of Arts and the plan was to do a Bachelor of Law afterwards and I was like I never really got around to it like music's the one thing that I know how to do really yeah. it's like the one thing that connects me and I'm happy to kind of keep pushing that I feel everyone who becomes a lawyer wishes they weren't like have you ever noticed if you watch like those reality TV shows on like MasterChef and stuff they're all generally lawyers <laughs> trying trying to cook their way out of it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, how has the Melbourne music scene changed, do you think, um, after COVID? Or, or are you all just – because, I mean, I was down there over just a couple of days ago. Like, it feels like the city's back. It's it's lively again. But, I mean, you yeah. living there, you must have a different take on it. It's back, but it's it's got some issues, I think. It's, it's, it's definitely, like, after COVID, there's this push to, like, kind of redevelop and stuff and, and you know – everything's getting kind of like harder like living costs are getting harder so like a lot of smaller venues are kind of getting pushed out yeah and i feel like there was a lot more options beforehand yeah i feel like lots of venues are always struggling and there isn't as many places to play as there used to be and everyone's just tired you know but i think there is definitely like on the other side of that there is this motivation to actually like yeah, try to just kind of remember what we we're doing before, and yeah. like there's a, there's a definitely an enthusiasm, but it's it's definitely it's slow, slow coming. I saw festival halls coming back. Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. Yeah, yeah. I remember sitting next to the horrors watching the Arctic Monkeys at that venue. <laughs> you know the band, the horrors. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That was it was crazy. very cool. So like, these guys look like the horrors, and I found out it was. Yeah, I saw Iggy Pop there. <laughs> oh, did like, you? A, a few years ago, and I it was, oh, his amazing. Birth, it was the day of his birthday. Yeah, so they shot up all these confetti car- cannons and wished him happy birthday. <laughs> oh, so and I've cool. still got the confetti in a little bag. <laughs> oh, do you from that, really? From that gig. <laughs> it's Iggy Pop's birthday, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> My partner's like, "Can you? Are you going to throw out this confetti?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> no way. I'm not not doing it." Um, if we're just talking about the Titan things before. You, where was your first gig? Where do you? Where do? You, well, the first gig that you really remembered that you got, you guys have got a thing going. Oh well, that was the first gig for sure. Yeah. Um, we we played this like gig. Um, me and Ruben used to live in this bank building called the Bank, mm. and it was like we lived above it, and at the bottom, like there were studio spaces and and like they used to have gigs in there. Mm. Like our friend Liam used to have like put gigs on there, and we just we. It was never supposed to be like a band. Like it was just, I made a tape and I was like, I need to maybe have a band for this because it would otherwise it'd be really boring. <laughs> and just got people around me that I always talked about playing music with and ended up like playing this gig. But it was like, you know, it was always going to be a one off thing. And, but all our friends were there. It was the warmest I've ever felt a gig from oh, at nice. that point because it was like all our friends were there. Yeah. There was a lot of enthusiasm. There was a lot of ex- excitement because I feel like <clears throat> I've been trying to do something like that before and maybe it was just like I felt like it was I was sort of uh, getting it right for the first time and mm. I feel like a lot of my friends who had seen me 
playing shitty bands before were kind of like, oh, this is actually not bad. <laughs> so yeah, I think the, the first one, and yeah, definitely. It's always nice when because I'm 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 not as talented. I've got a lot of friends who are in, in music or um, in the arts and stuff, and it's such a relief when my friends are actually good at it. <laughs> oh like, my god, yeah. Oh yeah, I'd love to hear your new song. Oh thank God, that's yeah, good. That's I've, good. I definitely, yeah, I definitely feel bad. I felt bad in the past about yes. dragging people along. Yeah, I took a friend to another friend's stand-up comedy gig once, and about halfway through it, I just whispered to him, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Romy, it's been a pleasure to meet you. I'm, I'm so excited to uh, finally got a chat, chance to chat to you as I untangle my uh, headphone cord from my shoe. Um, and you guys are playing Splendor in the Grass as well this year, which is going to be absolutely massive. We I can't are- wait to see you there. How do you feel about that? I'm a bit terrified, but I'm excited. Yeah. I've never been to Splendor. You've never been to no, Splendor? No, I've never been. I've don't, I do feel, well, I lived in Melbourne and, and um, people never really went to Splendor. It feels like it's a real New South Wales, Queensland yeah. kind of festival. Yeah, I felt I feel that. But, like, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see Lizzo. But, like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I yeah. think my, my partner is, like, usually, when I play with, like, festivals and stuff, she's like, oh, I, oh yeah, I'll come along to that. But yeah. she's like, you're playing at a festival with Lizzo. I'm definitely <laughs> coming. So, that's... That's gonna be what night great. are you guys on? Or what 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 slot? Uh, we're on Friday. Yeah, I think we're we're on the Grant McLennan stage somewhere. Oh, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, Lizzo's playing on the Friday, so yeah, <laughs> maybe we can do a song with her. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure, you can put in a request. Yeah. Uh, well, no, congratulations. Uh, Brainworms is uh, is a really gr- a lovely piece of work. You must be really proud of it. Oh, thank you. I am. And we'd like to end our chats here on introducing with you introducing us to someone. Uh, so, someone you're listening to, um, someone you're loving, doesn't have to be brand new if, if, if it's just the last thing you listen to even. Ooh, okay. There's a there's a Melbourne band I really like called Dark Water, and I, I think they're really special. And every time someone asks me a question like this, they're my, my go-to because they're special and more people need to know how special they are. Dark Water, I will look at it. Romy, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah.